do 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 it's Olive Q. Never been so sad and disappointed that you really just need to talk to yourself. Well, welcome to my podcast, because that's what I'm going to do. For the next, I don't know, couple minutes, I'm just going to prattle on about my life and a bunch of stuff that I feel. So, I got my vape, I got my water, and I got a Deadpool coffee cup. My phone is sitting on top of. And I'm seriously surprised it hasn't broken yet. I bought it like two years ago. Anyway, that's beside the point. <sighs> yeah, so it's late at night. I've been thinking about starting a podcast for a long time. And I finally downloaded Anchor. <laughs> and here I am. 2020 has been one hell of a year. Not just for me, but plenty of people. And, uh, this is the year that I had my first big heartbreak. Talk about ridiculous, right? I met a dude on a game that I play. Good old Final Fantasy XIV. (laughs) And, uh, he was cool. I had so much fun with him. He was like the best dude ever. He's just he's just kinda slow. <laughs> and listen, you know. But then again, and I know it's stereotypical. What guy does. Him and I got along really well. And it was funny. It was great. And I liked him, and the fact that he liked me back was pretty cool. So, two years went by, and I really wanted to meet him, but he—he he, I don't—he didn't want to meet me, you know. So I had to deal with that. It's not that he didn't want to meet me. It's just that he wanted to do it on his own terms and pay for his ticket himself. He never wanted me to pay for it. But the real big, big, big issue was that he was a mama's boy. And... For the most part, you want a guy who who loves his mom, you know? And you would think that they know how to treat a woman or the person that they love or care about, you know? And if you came from a healthy household, I'm sure that... I'm sure that things probably would have went better. I know all of us out there has had some sort of heartbreak, some sort of disappointment, some sort of sadness that just eats away at you, little by little. And I know some people don't consider an online relationship an actual relationship, but I felt like it was real. And 
I felt like I did the best that I could to be his girlfriend. <sighs> he used to always say, Oh, I can't say how I feel right now because that's not how I show affection. And I'm very open and honest about how I feel. And I guess I feel like it may have been a little much for him, but hey. When I like someone and I love someone, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> so, his big deal was that he can only show affection in physical means. Not sexual, obviously. <laughs> he, he's a little too pure for that. <laughs> so, no. Not sexual. He meant, like, hugs and crap. Or whatever. He's terrible at explaining stuff. Terrible at it. So, we butt heads on that a lot. Like, just tell me what's wrong. And for a long time, throughout those two years, I, I focused on making him happy. And... Making sure that he he was happy. He never listened to me though. Like it's it was kind of ridiculous. Anytime I'd give him advice about anything that I've been through, that really you know it relates to something that I have experience with, it was like talking to a brick wall. Anybody else had that issue with somebody that they love? I'm sure. <laughs> the thing with him is, regardless of how nice and stuff that I seem to be, it just seemed to get worse and worse, and he closed off more and more. And if some random guy on the internet gave him advice, he'd take it to heart. And I just found that strange. Turns out I should have really looked at the red flags. <laughs> That's going to be a topic for hopefully if I make another podcast. Red flags. Oof. I honestly should have looked at them. Because despite his personality issues, I genuinely trusted him and thought he was a great guy and after a year and a half of talking to someone, you you obviously want them want to meet them, right? You feel like you're in a a mutual relationship with that person. And maybe I put too much pressure on him to meet. That's my fault. But he never takes responsibility for the things that he does. Because it's, despite him being the age that he is he's so I feel like he's still stuck in like a very he, I feel sometimes I felt like I was talking to like a third grader <laughs> now mind you I am in my 30s I'm 32 he's 25 and I think the fact that he lives at home with his mom really played a big part 
and his development as an adult. <laughs> Again, I didn't look at the red flags. Uh -huh. I was just so happy. And when I got the reality shock in February, we were playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I was already at my wits end. I had started back to go into therapy and I I felt like I was causing him a lot of stress and that's why I was going I went back to therapy. <laughs> Turns out I was actually the one under complete stress. <clears throat> Sing as hell. He could never tell me how he felt and any words of affection I threw towards him was met with I wanna say extreme caution, but in all honesty, it was met with what I felt like now what I feel like now is disgust. <laughs> I'm a heavy girl, not gonna lie. I'm a big one. So he knew exactly what I looked like. And I used to try to get, we used to, uh, what do you call it? Video chat. Like, he was always shy about it, you know, video chatting. But at the time, I had confidence and I didn't care. So at the beginning of this year in February, he... He freaked out. Yeah. And um I told him I still I still end up trying to find a way to make everything my fault because that's just the type of person that I am. But at the beginning of this year he he started he started hanging out with somebody else on the game a lot. And when I asked to meet them, he essentially told me that I have personality issues and that they're overly sensitive. <sighs> That's so dumb. <laughs> and I, he, he loves having friends and I knew how much him having friends meant to him. And so... I didn't press the issue. And I probably should have. But I eventually met them, the friend. On uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. you can marry, uh, you know, characters off to one another. And I, and you get this ring and you can teleport to the person that you're married to. So I, done, I did that. And he was hanging out with uh, the, that person. And I tried to engage the, I tried to engage them in conversation. They weren't having it. <laughs> I tried to friend them. They didn't want to. And I was just, I was just ignoring everything to the point that when it all came crashing down, 
it literally was like, bam. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll never forget it. February 12th. I had talked to him and I had, I had went to church. I had started trying that out, but that's another conversation for another podcast. But yeah, I went to church and uh, I got advice from my, my uncle, my very close uncle. He's more like my big brother than anything. And, uh, It was my fault. I, I see. Here I go again. My fault. I um. I ended up giving him an ultimatum, my ex, and I told him that hey, either you tell your mom that you want to go on a trip, and she can't come with you. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to go with him to anything, and according to him, she wanted to go with him to everything, and he can't go anywhere by himself. He's 25. Remember that? <laughs> anyway. Or you can say goodbye to our relationship. So tell your mom you want to go on a trip and she can't go with you. Or say goodbye to our relationship. And he picked goodbye. <laughs> he threw me away. Um, just like that. Like, how do you do that to somebody after two years? You know what's crazy? That's not even the end of it. <laughs> this motherfucker. Okay, so. He sent me a message, like, after a little while. You know, he was like, okay, well, I'm not feeling good. And he wanted to go and I'm thinking... He wants to go and think about what I just said. About an hour later, he sends me a message and it's like, it's a jumbled mess. And he was like, oh, well, I think we should take a break. And I was like, I knew you was going to run for me. I knew you was going to do that, you know? So I told him, all right, just take as much time as you need. Three days go by, you know, I'm checking my messages getting worried I'm thinking to myself crap he's gonna want to break up with me <laughs> at the time I'm still thinking he still loves me and cares about me but he just can't say it I log into the game Final Fantasy 14 I log into that game and the person he had been hanging out with decided to send me a friend request or rather a guild request. And I felt like something was strange because they sent it 10 hours. They had sent it 10 hours previously and my ex had been online an hour ago <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and I went on, I'm, I'm just still being naive as, naive as hell. So I go ahead and I, and I accept them into the guild, right? And they're like, oh, here, add me on Discord. You want to talk? Let's talk. Here, add me on Discord. Add me on Discord. You know, and they keep saying it over and over again. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, what's... And I add them, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? 
I'm like, is this about my ex? <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, yeah, it's really about um, me, you, and him. And I literally started shaking at that point. Because <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? Mm, okay. So they start bombarding me with messages. I was like, oh, you know, first it goes, oh, I'm a, I, I'm a guy. I, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I know you're a guy, but I identify as a girl. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. What's up? And then I was like, is this about my ex? And they go, like I said before, yeah, it's really about, you know, all three of us. And I was like, oh. Well, I think I stressed him out and I'm worried that I don't know if it's that we're on a break or if he wants to break up and I will never forget this. They go, oh, no, you're 100% broken up. <laughs> I was like, excuse me. <laughs> so we're sitting there and I'm well, not we're Anyways, I'm sitting there and I'm reading that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm what? With who? <laughs> uh, why is it my ex telling me this? It's like, oh, well, um, you stressed him out really bad and you were trying to keep him from his friends. And I know what it's like to be the person who's broken up with snuggles. Oh, did I? <laughs> They're furry. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I've never had an issue with a furry. But now I have, like, this weird kind of phobia. It's like some... It's like a, a like some sort of mild PTSD. But, like, at the same time, it's so laughable. Anyways, back to the topic. Oh, wait, actually, I need to have a bit of water. Mm. Water is best for your body. I'm not going to lie. It's great. Anyways, back on topic. So they're telling me all of these things. And I'm just shaking. I'm... I literally feel myself breaking, I'm like breaking apart in my head and I'm like, not only did you tell me you wanted to, you wanted a break, you, you, you tell this person that you've dumped me and then you start dating them the literal same day that you told me you wanted a break. How am I supposed to take that? How am I supposed to look at that? How do I pick myself up from that? Now, if he talked to me himself and told me, hey, I feel like this is stressing me out. I don't know if what I'm doing is the right thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, an adult conversation. I'm not, I'm emotional, not fucking illogical, you know? 
So, yeah, I know that probably sounds contradictory, seeing as how good old stereotype of women think with their hearts and they lead with that shit. Men are blah blah blah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I would have understood. And we could have talked it out. And we could have worked something out. Because at the time, all I wanted was to meet this dude. And then, as you can see, COVID struck and, uh, yeah, that was not going to happen anyway, as we see. (laughs) So, we're back to this furry. This furry is telling me, uh, that... I wasn't enough for just, I almost said his name, (laughs) I wasn't enough for my ex, and he, he needs something different, and he needs someone else, and that they're enough for him, and I was like, why are you telling me this, where is my ex, I'm like, I want to speak to my ex, and They're like, no, you can't speak to him because I deny you that. And I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) I've been in this dude's corner for the past two years dealing with his fucking weird shit. Every time he can't explain something or he can't accept something or if I say something that's a little too complicated for him, it's my brain, my brain. It's just nothing's working with my brain. And, And it's turned into this whole... Thing with me and the people that are the closest to me whenever we say my brain we just start going and saying it over and over again like we're fucking zombies or some shit so that's how that went so he didn't break up with me oh his furry boyfriend did and uh, the thing that gets me with that is that I told my ex, I told him, I've had issues where guys have left me for other guys in the past. So, imagine my surprise when a male furry is in my Discord Telling me, hey, I'm a boy. Just thought I'd let you know that. But I do like to be called she or they. And then drop a bomb on me like that. Now, I asked asked my ex eventually. I think after crying my eyes out for a week. I have depression, and uh, it's major depression disorder. So when it when it hit me, it hit me very hard. I couldn't think like why wasn't I enough? Why aren't I enough? Why does it hurt so bad? Why am I like this? What can I do to make it up to him? How can I fix it? I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. He doesn't love me. 
How can I fix it? How can I make him happy? What did I do wrong? Just going and going and going. But I needed to understand that it wasn't my fault. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the most, I'm the easiest person to get along with. But I will listen. I will sit there and I will shut up and I will listen. Regardless, <laughs> if you're rambling on and you're having a hard time getting it out, I will listen. Because that's just how I am. Getting choked up a little bit because I'm still hurt by it. <laughs> that's just how I am. I listen. I take care of people before I take care of myself, which is honestly a problem. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He didn't he didn't come to me and talk to me. He didn't believe that <sighs> this is just speculation. But he, he, you know how they say people show you who they are through their actions? Well, he showed me exactly who he was through his actions. And, um, he's a coward. An absolute coward. And I did my very, very best to fix everything. <laughs> to make it right. And even though he hurt me so bad, I, I still tried. I still reached out. I still reached out. Thinking that maybe he'll understand what he did was wrong. That maybe he'll get a clue. That maybe he'll understand that not everyone is out here to be your friend. Because that's his problem. He wants to be friends with everyone. And that's how he got wrapped up in the situation that they gave for him. <laughs> Their relationship didn't last long, by the way. <laughs> I used to always think that I had a bit of a, an addictive personality that once people get to know me, I'm really fun to be around. And that <sighs> this is when I was a teenager. <laughs> but here's the thing. I had that thought in my head, but I was extremely shy. I barely opened my mouth. So I don't understand why I had that thought. <laughs> it's like I think about it more now as an adult and I'm like if I could just be more open and fun then maybe maybe people will like me more or some crap like that <sighs> instead I'm, I'm moody and grouchy and the older I get the more I hate people and uh yeah, I'm slowly turning into Squibber from SpongeBob. 
<laughs> the subscriber's an idiot. <laughs> Crap, I told you guys this is going to be rambling. I don't even know where I was going with this. So, yeah. I really care for people. Even though I put on this hard-ass exterior. I was like, okay. Well, fuck you. I don't care what you're thinking. Oh, but I care. I care so much, you know? So, to my ex, whom up to last month, I tried to constantly fix things with and still be there for you. Fuck you. 100%. You guys know why? Because he chose another dude over me. And I'm just like, why the hell can't I just understand that maybe he's gay? <sighs> Which, if he is, good for him, you know? And maybe then he'll stop hurting people. By being reckless with other people's hearts. And maybe then he'll be comfortable with himself. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Sheesh. Let's see. I think that's about it pretty sure there's a bunch of crap I really want to talk about again, so I'll probably do this again. Hmm. Oh yeah, I haven't ripped off my vape even once. So... <laughs> Alright, well, I'm going to sleep. So, have a good night. And this is Olive Q signing off. Hello, it's me again. Olive Q. I finally came up with a name for this podcast. And I'm going to just call it Bottleneck. I don't know. I just thought about it when I was sleeping. And I woke up and was like, yeah, I'm going to call it Bottle. Yeah, I'm going to call it Bottleneck. <laughs> kind of random but uh, I don't know I didn't check to see if there was any other podcast called that so it's called bottleneck all right tonight I think I'm gonna talk about probably probably my ex again since I don't know what's been on my line my mind my line that's what's been on my mind lately So, there's a friend that he and I both shared. And when my ex did what he did in February, I really, I took a shine to that, um, to my, to that friend. And I started looking at him like he is my little brother. I got close to him and, you know, we talked and I told him about how bad I was feeling and all that stuff. He's a young, he's young. He's like, he's about 19 now. He's a, he's a kid. 
That was my fault. <laughs> I had that right there. 100% my fault. I talked to him and I treated him like he was an adult. So I, I tried to have grown up conversations and make sure that I wasn't being ageist or whatever you want to call it. And for this entire year, he was all, oh, you need to delete him, you need to block him, you need to leave him alone, you need to do this, you need to do that. And the pressure built up. And I finally did. I, I blocked my ex and I, um, well, I blocked him for like two weeks. Then I unblocked him and uh, I wanted to talk to him because I missed him and yeah. But things weren't the same, you know. I took a decent break away from him. He had a decent break away from me, so there was no point in us talking all the time or talking daily. Not to mention, I, I, I wrote a letter and told him 100% about himself. I called him selfish, I called him prick. I, I went in really hard. <laughs> but that's beside the point. The point that I'm trying to get to is that this friend of ours really put the pressure on me to stop talking to my ex. And lo and behold, a week or two later, they're back to being the best of friends. Now, you guys, tell me what that looked like. Gaslighting and backstabbing and two-faced bullshit, yeah? <laughs> That's my fault for being so trusting and naive. Now this kid was like, oh, I don't like him either. I can't stand him. He's chronically depressed. It's affecting me. My ex went out with a guy. The friend said he might be a homophobe. That's one of the reasons he doesn't want to talk to him anymore. All those things. And now they're back being best of buddies. Kind of makes you think, you know? Who can you trust? And at this point, nobody. But that's how that's going. I talked to that friend uh, today, earlier today, early this morning. You know, just see how he's doing and stuff. I know, I'm too nice. I'm way too nice. It's me problem. And then um, I get online. I've been playing Genshin Impact lately. Great game, having a lot of fun on PlayStation because I don't have a PC, can't afford, can't afford a PC. But yeah, I see them, they're online together, they're playing, they switch each other, they switch their, uh, their profile pictures to the same thing and all this stuff. And uh, I don't know bothers me. I try not to let it bother me and I try not to, you know, 
look at the stuff and look at the signs and look at the the crap but sometimes I do and it fucks with my mood you know and here I am back on anchor making another podcast complaining about somebody who don't care about me yeah <laughs> either way uh, it's kind of it's kind of nice being able to talk here it's lethargic it, it makes me feel good once I, I complete a little rant talking well let's see let's talk about something else no more I'm pretty sure I'm going to talk about them again at some point but no more of that right now you guys ever anybody out there with who's the oldest child you come from a little bit of a broken home you gotta take care of your siblings and yourself gotta grow up way too fast yeah that is the definition of me of olive <laughs> that's how that's how I grew up to care of my brothers I have five little brothers I know it's not a lot compared to some people but to me I was, I was proud of it proud to have five little brothers and I, I love every last one of them and I'm proud of them well except for the brother that's born right after me he's he's been acting strange lately I don't know if it's a midlife crisis or or what but I'm worried about him you know he's married he got married at a really young age courtesy of my grandma <laughs> pushing people to marry for religious reasons obviously he has four children all four of them are just amazing they're so smart and beautiful I love them all my nieces and nephews but it's like the thought isn't getting into his head that you're not a kid anymore you're an adult you have a family to take care of (sighs) but and this is gonna be kind of well I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people who've gone through this but my brother is bisexual even though he has a wife he has a boyfriend and he's mated he's made this person an integral part of his life he's latched on to this person so strongly that it's kind of sad to look at and while I have no problem with his sexuality I have a problem with how he treats his his wife and children. And uh, at this point, I'm just, there's no reason for me to continue, like, taking care of him because he's not a child anymore. He's not my little brother who I needed to protect. He's not that little hyperactive kid that would... Damn near vertical jump over a freaking fence. (laughs) 
he's, he's an adult and I really wish that he would understand that he's an adult but right now it's like he's trying his best to keep up with, <clears throat> with his boyfriend he's trying to hold on to him and keep him locked down but it's like you have you have your wife she's there for you oh but don't get me wrong my sister-in-law she has her own set of uh issues i guess you could say i love that girl to death but man (sighs) they're a mess over there they're definitely a mess let me see here Yeah, I took a fat rip off my vape. I know I'm lame. Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me see. There's my brother that was born right after my first brother. He's a big goofy dude. I'm talking goofy. Cracks me up every single time I talk to him. He's also married. He has four children also. So I got a pretty big family. He works himself so hard. Like, he's at work. All day. Every day. And because of the pandemic, sometimes he has to be quarantined at work. He lives in Indiana. And uh, they're on lockdown right now. So he's just coming off of a two-week lockdown at his job. He works as a essential worker. And like you can hear the stress and how it's affecting his body. And it just makes me so sad. Unfortunately, he also has a strained relationship with his wife. And there's nothing I can do to help him with that and that breaks my heart you know like I'm pretty sure everybody has their loved ones that they really want to help but it's like if I help you how am I going to help myself you know so I try to call them every couple days you know throughout the week Get them laughing and talking about stuff. Like. But yeah. I'd be glad when this pandemic is petering out. (laughs) Just freaking yawn. Jesus Christ. How do people do this without yawning or getting their mouth dry or. I don't know. So I'm going to go down the entire line of my brothers and say something about them because why the hell not? This is my space. Not literal my space, but <sighs> that was, mm. anyways, this is my little corner here. So there's my third brother. He's also married, has a beautiful wife. And two little boys. Or honestly, 
some of the most spoiled kids I've ever come across. <laughs> like, not gonna lie, everyone uh, toss them across the room. I love them so much, and uh, they're like, "I love you, Auntie." I was like, "Oh my God, I love you too," but you still a nightmare. Go away. <laughs> My brother, my third brother, he's chronically depressed also. And it's unchecked, you know? He hasn't been on a therapist since, since we were children. He's I love him, you know? But he has a lot going on also. He just started working for Amazon in the warehouse. So he's always telling me how his feet hurt. And he was like, I can feel it in my thighs. Like, <laughs> when we were little, he used to be kind of vain. Because he's like, oh, I'm kind of light-skinned. I'm good-looking, you know. Girls like me. I exercise. I got abs, you know. <laughs> And the girls would fly to him. That's crazy. But now he's gotten a little chubby. And, you know, in his mid-20s or late-20s, I think. I'm not entirely sure. I think he got. And he's all like, I'm trying to lose weight. He don't need to lose any. He's, he's the perfect size right now. And uh, he says he's trying to lose weight, but then eats his lunch on the way to work and it has to get food at the vending machine. <laughs> It's just the little things, you know? So silly. Right, my fourth brother, he's he's always been unique, you know? Like, he's just an interesting dude. He doesn't have any children, he's not married. At present, he's living with my mom. He, um, he has a, he's a, a bit developmentally, mentally delayed. I guess. He's always been a unique one ever since ever since we were little. And I used to do my best to take care of him. And even when he became an adult, I tried to take care of him as best as I could. But <sighs> he stole from me, you know. He um he stole I had a PS2 at the time, and I had a, a library of games. And when I got my PS3, I didn't, I didn't quite pay attention to it. And when I went to go back to it to play Final Fantasy IX, because I had the uh, the PlayStation One discs, and I went to go back to play Final Fantasy IX, I had I had scratched the disc, you know, so I bought some stuff to help the scratch get buffed out, you know, whatever. And I couldn't find my PS2. And I was like, whoa, where the hell is my PS2? And I asked my brother, because at the time he was staying with me. And I was like, bro, where's my PS2? Oh, I thought you didn't want it no more. Because you got a PS3. <laughs> I was so hurt. And then he tried to steal my GameCube. At the time, he was, he was heavy in the weed, you know? And it was one of the things that messed him up. He smoked weed, and at the time, 
the trend was to dip it in, in vomit fluid. I don't know if that's really what was going on, but after a while of smoking whatever they were giving to him, he just he just kind of shut down a bit. He'd come out of nowhere with these fantastical stories, talking about how he went, he was in Japan, and they gave him a hundred thousand dollars to go back home, stuff like that. And I always listen to him, you know, even though he's rambling on and on about stuff. Eventually, my mama, um, she couldn't take care of him. So she sent him to stay with his biological father. Who, in all honesty, is a horrible person. Um, he's an abuser, you know. But my brother, my fourth brother, he was already an adult, so, you know, nothing like that went on with him, and for eight years, he stayed with his biological father, and I guess they got close and, and built a, built a bond, but, um, he died this year, his biological father, I didn't feel a thing, obviously, but, my brothers, of course, did. They did. And it was strange seeing them so sad over a person who tortured our mom throughout our childhood and who had no regard for children. And it was strange, you know? Even one of the children that he just took advantage of even he was sad and he didn't understand why he was sad about it and uh, I don't know so now my fourth brother is back with my mom and he's doing he's doing a lot better he used to cry every night you know because the situation that happened was really bad um, my brother's biological father was a drug addict and he died from an overdose he was getting high with some lady that he knew and she tried to resuscitate him by using an EpiPen to jumpstart his heart and instead of calling the cops and the ambulance or whoever. She, this lady, she knew he was dead, you know? And she had my brother pick up his father's limp dead body and put it in his bed. And then she left and just left him in the house with a dead body and my brother he went to go and wake him up and he was like oh he was just so cold he was so cold I don't cry 
for the man, but I cry for what my brother must be going through, what's going in his head and, and going through his heart and that scene. Uh, yeah, my fourth brother is very peculiar, and I love him so much. Now, my fifth brother, oh boy, <laughs> he's the one that I took care of the most. If any picture of me from a child, from my childhood, he's on my hip, on my back, holding my hand. Yeah, that's my boy. I talked to him today, actually, and he was complaining about, you know, our mom, talking about, oh, I don't know why she won't move, and <laughs> all that stuff. He's in a committed relationship right now, but the girl is a little touched, you know? She's a, she's a little touched in the head. <laughs> That's the nicest way I can put it. And he's trying his best to be the man that his dad wasn't in his life, you know? And I think he's doing amazing. He's doing wonderfully. He's absolutely a beast, I guess you could say. And... I love watching his progress. I love seeing him happy and I and I absolutely adore him so much. We don't get to talk as often. For a little while he was staying with me. And I remember the day he got me something for Mother's Day. And Oh and oh man, I almost cried. <laughs> It was a nice little vase with flowers in it. I kept that vase and those flowers in there. I said, them damn flowers were dead. <laughs> I don't know where the vase went. It was in the window. In my window, but it's gone now. It's gone. Suffice it to say, I love my brothers. Very much. I absolutely love them. I love my family, I guess. Let's talk about my mom for a little bit here. She's a... She's... I like to think that she's strong. But in all honesty, she isn't. She's very weak. And... I love her, but... Sometimes she needs to seriously get a clue. And... She's with a person right now. They've been together for a while. And in all honesty, despite how much of an asshole he is and the things that he does, he's probably the best dude she's ever been with. Nah, yeah, I'm lie. And that's saying something. Like, yeah. So, he cheats on her. And talks to women and talks about her and 
He won't be physically intimate with her. Makes fun of her. Makes fun of her intelligence when he's sitting there on a whole bachelor's degree. And yet he's getting social security. Really? Sure, brother. Either way, I tell her, I'm like, Mom, you need to... If you're not happy, you need to leave. But she's so hell-bent on finding this perfect apartment with three bedrooms and a kitchen thing and a bathroom thing. I don't know what she wants. Sometimes I don't think she knows what she wants, but I tell her, I'm like, if you're not happy, then you gotta make yourself happy. And it's like, hey, pot, I'm keto, I'm also black. So I had to tell myself the same damn thing, like, make yourself happy. And that's why I started this podcast, because I've always wanted to do it. I just wanted to make a podcast, and here I am. And it's okay if people don't listen. This is mostly for me. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. <sighs> Crap. Here we go. We gotta get ourselves a water break. And... Honestly, drink water. It's the best. <laughs> but my family is honestly a mess. And at this point, I've decided to really distance myself from their business. <laughs> it's like, whatever is your business is your business. And don't tell me about it. I don't want to know. Like, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. They don't, and they put their opinions, oh, put their business and opinions and all this other stuff on Facebook, and then somebody asks questions about it. They're like, oh, that's none of your business. Yeah, well, it is my business now. You put it on fucking Facebook. <laughs> It's like, it's not only my business, it's the world business. Long story short, some things you need to just keep to yourself. And at the age that I am now, um, I'm just learning that. That's why a lot of things fell apart for me. Because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And because I'm not as versed in certain things as much as I would like to be, I needed advice. And I went to the people that I thought could help me. And um, I felt like it was the wrong thing to do. So now, fuck it. <laughs> if I make a decision to do something, then I'm going to just do it. And if I fuck it up, then I fuck it up. I can try again. 
Now, being true to that is going to be the struggle. That's going to be the struggle right there. Because I know how I am. I, I start off something strong and then one little thing happened that derails it and I get sad. I get hurt. I get depressed. Oh, I get so depressed. <laughs> it's debilitating. Um, and the older I get, the more, the harder things hit me. So, on those days where I don't want to get out of bed, I try to call my mom, but she's got so much going on that I can't really, I can't talk to her because I call my uncle, who's like my brother, and... He's got a whole, he's got a wife and, and his, his stepson, and he's got a whole thing going on. So I can't talk to him too much. And I can't talk to my brothers as much. Because they're to taking care of their families and taking care of themselves as best they can. So I guess I'll talk to you. Hiya. Freaking phone decided to ring. <sighs> I forgot to turn the ringer off. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. I'm gonna listen back to this and <laughs> I like ooh cringe. Oh well. Yeah. Honestly, that was just tender, letting me know you have <laughs> you have people that have liked you. Pay twenty nine ninety nine, and you can see it. <laughs> oh, Tinder. <laughs> Yikes. My experience with online dating has been awful. And uh, as much as I would like to go out and meet someone in a conventional way, I am I am a coward. <laughs> ah. I'm a scaredy cat. I think I worry about what people think of me, and as I've reiterated plenty of times, oh god, I can't words right now. I'm a heavy girl, and when I'm out and I'm, I'm doing, trying to walk and stuff, it's like I'm out here and I'm minding my own business and I'm walking. Shut the hell up. Leave me alone. I don't stink. So. So why you gotta act like you're disgusted? Yeah. It's like, I don't want to see your skin tight bodysuit, Shirley. I don't know a Shirley, okay? That's just a random name that popped in my head. I could say Karen, but they're usually misshapen anyway. <laughs> that was that mean? I think that was that was kind of mean, wasn't it? Oh well. Oh god, this vape juice is Pachi Mama. It's fucking peach cream or peach coconut cream. It is horrible. And I will never buy it again. I'm trying to 
taste something new. Here I am. But, yeah, I think I'll sign off now. And, uh, catch you later. This is Olive Q on my Bottleneck Podcast. The background music was 3AM Study Session, Lo-Fi Hip Hop, uh, YouTube channel, Chilled Cow. Pretty good. I'm sorry about the phone ringing. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to the Bottleneck Podcast with Olive Q. I'm listening to... 1am study session, lo-fi hip-hop on the Chilled Crow YouTube channel. It's pretty good. I like it a lot. Today, I felt like talking about my childhood. You can thank r slash videos for that on YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube, so. (laughs) Anyway. I have my vape and I have my water. I don't have any water. I've had to get some water. It's okay. (laughs) I usually have water, but you know what? I have a Coke today. So I have my vape and I have a Coke, which is, I like Coke. Anyway, I like the soda Coke, not actual Coke. <laughs> okay, so the R slash video uh, I watched earlier today, there was a story in there that reminded me of my childhood. This girl was telling a story on how when they, when her and her sister were little, they just never had things. Or rather, they had things, but it always got pawned off. And it just, it just stuck with me. Because growing up, I'd come home from school and there'd be TVs in every room. <laughs> but then I'd go to school the next day and then come home and all of them would be gone. And I'd ask my mom, like, hey, where'd the TV go? Oh, we needed money for bills. And the intuitive little shit that I was, I knew it wasn't for bills. (laughs) I knew it wasn't for bills. So I spent a lot of time trying to write. And I used to draw these shitty little abstract drawings. I mean, I say they're shitty, but... I say they're shitty because I've seen some amazing things that people create. And uh, um, when I was little, that's all I I used to do. Draw and write poems and stories and all of that. It was so much fun. But I was also doing it at a place of uh, a place of sadness, you know. But yeah, uh, we literally 
we just never had things and if we did end up with something it was gone <laughs> like a week later maybe a month later sometimes the very next day I remember the one of the only things that was in our house was this old TV and you'd have to it was the old kind where you'd have to turn the the dial and they'd be like click 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 <laughs> and uh we had a, a VCR and we would always watch uh, I believe it was like He-Man or something. Because one time my mom rented Casper for us. And then uh, she also rented, um, what do you call it? I think it was a Rugrats movie. And Pokemon 2000. At least I think that's what it was called. The first Pokemon movie. And it's crazy that... I remember those as some of the <laughs> the happiest times ever when I was little, and uh, it was great. I had fun with those movies. I remember the first time I watched the Pokemon movie, I cried. <laughs> I had to be like, I don't know, 10, 11 or something. I was little. I was so enthralled by the idea of going on some mystical adventure but instead uh, I got you know I got to grow up <laughs> and take care of my brothers and make sure I was looking out for them I was shitty with schoolwork so that barely got done and when it did get done I was good at it so there's, there's that. But back to my mom. She was, uh, she was a drug addict back then. Uh, in fact, she's probably been clean for the past eight years now. Which I am really proud of her. But back then it was, it wasn't a fun time. It wasn't fun at all. And my stepfather... I talked about him in, a, in the last podcast. He was very abusive to not only her, but me and my brothers. He's my four, I have five brothers, so four of them share the same dad. And I have a different dad. My dad, he, that's another story. <laughs> But, um, yeah, my mom was on drugs. Her husband at the time was also on drugs. And, um, growing up in a household like that, you normalize things. You normalize keeping the TV down low to the point that it's barely audible and you're just looking at a blank screen. Not a blank screen, but... Just the pictures moving, rather. And sometimes they'd be so high, they'd come out of the room and they'd turn it down even more because they thought they heard the, the police or something. And me and my brothers, we, we normalized that shit, you know? And 
making a sound of any type. You know, they'd come out and peek out the window and see if the cops were coming. <laughs> Constantly check the doors to make sure they're locked. Turn the TV down some more, even though it's not up at all. Sometimes turn the TV off, turn it on. I ask us, y'all hear that? <laughs> no, and it would be great if we could hear the TV. <laughs> that was an experience. So we never had anything. and Everything was always gone. My mom was always high. Stepfather was always high. And the real bad points were the days that my mom didn't want to get high. She didn't want to spend money on on that, on crack, you know? And um, those days, my stepdad, or he would get high, and he'd come home, and he would literally drive my mom from the front door to the back door. And we'd be watching, and... There was nothing that we could do. We had children. Well, she was incapacitated or where he's had enough beating the crap out of her. It's our turn. And um, for the most part, me and uh, my brother who was born right after me, my first brother, took the brunt of, uh, of that. And sometimes he tossed my other brothers. Because they're, you know, they're little. Toss them somewhere. And I don't know. It's pretty fucked up, you know. And uh, my brother, my brother, the one that was born after me, he was always this hyper kid. <laughs> so sometimes he'd run away and get out of dodge and stuff. But we always got. I always got whipped, got a beaten. And I remember this one time I needed my mom to help me with a project for school. And my school sent home uh, a tape recorder. So I can't remember what exactly the project was, but um, I had to record her answering some questions and she freaked out (laughs) she freaked out really bad and said the school was trying to catch her and get her caught up in some stuff and but it was just a social experiment I believe but not to her and the funny part is I went to sleep and thinking that I'm not going to be able to do this project. And I woke up and I couldn't find the, I couldn't find the recorder. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Unfortunately, I believe uh, it was pawned off. I went to school the next day and told my teacher that it got broken. It fell out the window. But that teacher, her name is Miss Scott. I know I'm name dropping. <laughs> but her name is Miss Scott. And 
she told my mama when my mama was little and uh she knew she knew that things weren't right I don't know what became of that. I don't know if she called my mom or what. But, um, yeah, it just ended. And this one time that when I, when I was little, when I was little, I was molested. Like, that's a, that's a thing that happened. And... As my stepfather. And I can never forget that day. Pretty sure he was high. And it was me and all my brothers. And we were thinking that it was going to be a great day. And came home before my mom did. My mom was out with my granny somewhere. And at the time, my mom did have a cell phone. But we had no way of contacting her. So... Up there, I was like, oh, who wants to, who, you guys want to play wrestling? You guys want to jump in the bed? And we're like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Like, we were all scared of them, you know? So we're like, oh, this is going to be fun. It's like, finally. And then um, we were all jumping in the bed having a great time and then all of a sudden the lights went out of course my brothers didn't think anything of it they were still jumping and having fun and then I was pulled from my feet and next thing I know I was being I was being pressed I was being I was being really pressed against uh so so that happened and my favorite pair of shorts got ripped that sucked and then uh, my mama came home just before things really got violent. And, uh, and the lights were flipped on and my mom was like, you guys come and help me get the groceries. And then everybody, my brothers, funneled out the room. and He was out the room first, obviously. And then my brothers funneled out light got flipped on and I was just sitting there like whoa what the fuck like really <laughs> um mom came home okay I'm back it's all of cue the last part got cut <laughs> uh it's a little bit of an accident but mm, what can I what can I say really uh, once again, I'm still listening to 1am study session by the Chill Crow on YouTube. And, uh, right. Back to the story I was telling, I suppose. Either way, my mama came home and, uh, she's telling, you know, my brother and stuff to come help her with the groceries. And I'm sitting there like, like I said, like, damn, really? And I just, I just ran. <laughs> I remember jumping over this couch. It was, it was more like a, 
what do you call it? The thing you put your feet on, put your feet up with. Whatever. I jumped over that and I went to the bathroom. And my mom, it's like she immediately knew. Like, whoa, you know. She's like, Olive. Obviously, not my real name, but that's what I'm calling myself here. What What's going on? Like, what's up? What's happening? And I've never seen her face go from, you know, normal to just anger and rage. Because it's like she knew exactly what was going on. And she snapped for the first time on this insane individual. <laughs> she was angry on my behalf for me. And uh first thing she did was make him get out. And she just kept asking me what happened. What happened? And I'm like, mm, ask him. <laughs> I was like, you need to ask him, like, I don't know, I don't know why, and, um, took me to the emergency room that night, and they did, I was like eight, and they did like a pap smear, and then they, um, they checked it, I say it, but, they gave me a pap smear, y'all know what that is, don't. I'm going into more details that I'm already going into. Damn. And then I spent some time in, uh, what do you call it? It's like, a, in Chicago, I'm from Chicago. So here we call it DCFS. I've only recently learned that everywhere else is called CPS. <laughs> so... There's that. And uh, I spent some time in a facility like that. And I was there. I was there for a while. I remember being there for a while. Um, pretty sure it was like Christmas time when I went. And I didn't come back home until it was around Easter. And I remember this specifically. Because Santa came around the facility and gave a... Uh, Give out toys. And I got this. I can't remember what it was called. It was this game where you got to put all the shapes inside of the holes. Before the time. Ran out. And it just popped them all out. And I remember that. And then. The Easter Bunny came around. And. Gave out candy. And, and gifts. At the same in the same place. I remember there was a little girl inside of is a crib, but it had really high bars, and it was like a little prison. And uh, she'd be trying to talk to me, but she's she's a little girl. I don't know. I don't know the hell she was saying. <laughs> she's she's like damn near a baby. But she kept trying to talk to me. We shared a room. And then there was another another two girls in the same room. But it was an experience. And I, I remember it. And I'll never forget it. And then I came back home. And uh, 
my mom was like, oh, he won't be around anymore. And it wasn't until like a year later that I found out um, he went to jail. And they had given him eight years. Eight of them. And for four, either the three or four of those years, our family, me, my mama, and my five little brothers were happy. We still didn't have many things because my mom did meet another guy. And I don't know what his real name was, but he was, he went by Wolf. <laughs> and he was a decent dude. It's just my mom was really mean to him. <laughs> and she pretty much took all his money, but they were still doing drugs and that went on for about two years and then out of nowhere my mom just got a burst of fuck it I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a mom I'm gonna do what I need to do and she went to nursing school got her CMA and she had lost a lot of weight because my mom was I'm heavy but at the time my mom was like 700 pounds <laughs> so she lost a lot of weight and you'd think that she'd lose weight being on crack but she had another friend um who told her the key to not looking like you know some type of gremlin was to eat and my mom she would eat she would get uh snap benefits and back in the day it was called link uh and she'd get the link stamps that's what it was called. And, um, so I had to take a quick break. And I know the transition isn't very well. <laughs> but I had to use the washroom. And, uh, I don't remember what the hell I was talking about before I went in there. I started singing some random song I made up in my head. Because <laughs> it's cold in my apartment. But anyway. I might say something that I've already said, but my mama, uh, she had lost weight after breaking out with her ex, Wolf, and uh, he's a decent enough guy, just also a drug addict. And he also had a lot of other issues like that. <laughs> okay, so this is going to track a little bit from like the initial story. But this dude was so obsessed with my mom <laughs> that he would come to our house in the middle of the night and he would ring the doorbells, he would beat on the door, he'd beat on the windows, he'd throw stuff at the windows, and he'd just call her name all night long. <laughs> like, all night. And it got so bad that uh, my granny started calling the cops. Back then, my grandma owned two houses, and they were right next door to each other. And she lost them. <laughs> so, that's another story for another time. <laughs> but yeah, my mom, she got her shit together. She went to school, got her CNA, and was working, making hella cash. Like... She was making paper, not gonna lie. <laughs> it took her a very long time to get her driver's license. 
so she was like 27, 28 when she got her driver's license. And uh, she bought the station wagon. And um, it was, it had some weird leaky issue on the passenger side. So some hot liquid would (laughs) would drop on your feet whenever she went too fast. But she'd get us all in there. And there was this dip on the street. It's going underneath a Vidoc. And if you go and you went fast enough, the car would dip down and then kind of shoot up fast. And it, it created like this roller coaster situation. This was a dip by my grandma's old church. And she would do that. She'd do that with us in the car. And it was fun. Like, for a little while, we just had fun. And, um, then he got out of prison. <laughs> so bad. And, uh, things took a turn back then. She got back on drugs. She got into a car accident with the car. She quit her job. Um, I'm not sure if she quit or got fired. I'd have to ask her one day. And I can never forget it. Things just went right back to how they were. Like I didn't really get I didn't really get into the before the whole molestation situation happened. Me and my brother were so tired of this man. And this is why I believed in God for a long time. So which is another story. <laughs> I have so many stories. I literally have a story for damn near everything. But that's beside the point. Me and brother were little. And we were just so tired of seeing him beat my mom, beat our mom, and beat her us up, and selling everything. It was crazy. So me and my brother, we're like, we're like six and six and seven. We're we're little, we're little. <laughs> and we decided to kill him. We were gonna kill him. <laughs> it's like it was my plan. So I think about it now, and I was like, "Fuck it, was I insane?" <laughs> In hindsight, we probably should have just stabbed him up that night. But um, no, something else happened. Like, me and my brother, we were going to stab him. We was like, oh, while he's beating up mom, we can stab him in the back a couple times. We can stab him in the back a couple times. But that night, he was having some type of weird fit. And he just beat up my mom. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to kill us all. I'm going to kill all of us. Ew. Um, my other four brothers were asleep. One was a newborn. So, yeah. And he pulled alcohol on all of us. And we had, me and my brother, we had knives underneath our blankets. And he pulled alcohol on all of us. And um, 
went to light a match and throw it on us. And instead set himself on fire. <laughs> he was glorious. Like, seeing this psychopath run through the house as a ball of fire it was insane. And I still laugh about it to this day. But my mom, being the bleeding heart that she is, I take so much after her. She put him out. She put him out. Funny thing is, though, back then we had heating issues. So my mom would put a big-ass pot of water on the stove, and it would boil, and it would help, like, make the house warm. So she used that boiling, that boiling water to put him out, and it was... <laughs> so she put him out. She uh she takes him and throws him in the shower and turns on the, the cold water in the shower. And he's in there just screaming bloody murder because not only did he just set himself on fire, <laughs> my mom put him out with boiling hot water. <laughs> oh Christ, it was insane. But, um, she called the ambulance for him, and he had to, whew, freaking yawn. He had some pretty bad burns, which is, which is funny, because I don't think he would have gotten too burned with the alcohol, because when you, when you set alcohol on, a, on fire, it's just like a flash burn, unless, like, there's there's something else in it <laughs> but she called the ambulance for him he went to the hospital and stuff so when I tell you I hate this man I hate him and that's why I found it so fucking funny that he tried to set him on fire set himself on fire and it got <laughs> and then got burned up with uh, scalding hot water this psychopath told his mother, who never liked my mom. Let me tell you, okay. So, when I say this bitch, then I like my mom. When my mom had my brother, my brother, my second brother. This bitch told my mom, well, I don't know if that's his, my son's baby. Because mama's baby daddy's maybe like bitch what the f man <sighs> but yeah anyway my mom ended up getting back with him got back on drugs real bad and he wasn't supposed to be anywhere near me first of all he wasn't supposed to be around children at all. So when I came home from school and he was in the house and uh, it was like, well, what the, f you know, like, what are you doing here? I think I was probably like 12-ish. I don't know. I forget I got the timeline all mixed up like I'm old. <laughs> I was like 12, I think. And 
at the time I had started to become kind of wordy. I didn't, I wasn't listening to my mom the way that I used to. And I said something to him that set him off and he hit me in my mouth. And that's when my mom sent me to go stay with my grandma. And when she sent me to go stay with my grandma for that year and a half, which mind you was just upstairs, <laughs> but I didn't really have contact with my mom or my brothers. And, and for that year and a half, a lot of things didn't go well for them. And I felt so guilty about it ever since because I was the one keeping everything together making sure they got fed, making sure they had clothes clean for school. If somebody peed in the bed, make sure they took a bath, washed out their clothes on my hands and all of that stuff. All I know is sometimes my brothers, they bring it up and they was like, man, you know, when you were gone for that year and a half, you just, everything just went downhill. I don't know how bad it got. But I do know that while things didn't get as violent with my molestation, it did for my brother who was born right after me. My first brother, who him and I shared the same dad. And, uh, yeah, I felt guilty about it for a long time. You know, I had to go to therapy um, a couple years ago. And it was something that was really deep-rooted, and I had to talk about it. And um, my therapist put emphasis on forgiving myself because it was a situation that I could not control. And it was not my fault. But as I said on some other podcasts, I tend to try to make everything my fault. <laughs> I find excuses to help and, and all of that. But yeah, she eventually... I think what happened was that made her really stop and think was we were living in we had moved we were living in this I had dropped out of high school <laughs> I, was, I dropped out of high school when I was 16 and um I tried to go to alternative school but that shit wasn't working and that is when I found anime which will be another story for another time back on topic my mom, she was somewhere getting high with my stepfather. And we were living in this, this, it was a nice little apartment. It's just, my room was always a mess. How my apartment's a mess. Like, let's not get started on that. And um, I still had asthma real bad. And the house next door, it was a beautiful house. Somehow or another, turned into a weird-ass hostage situation and 
the police are out there, there were helicopters, there was a news crew, and there was, they were shooting. <laughs> it was crazy. So the cops came by our house, our apartment, and they told us, well, we're afraid that a bullet would ricochet and come through the windows or the wall or something, and that you all will get shot. I was 17, or going on 18, so I was seven, it was in the summer, so I was going on 18. And we weren't able to get in, in contact with my mom. Nothing. Like, at all. And the cops told us, oh, well, you need to walk. Y'all need to go at least two blocks in the opposite direction. So I got me and all my little brothers, and we're walking in the opposite direction of, of our apartment building. I start having an asthma attack because it's summer, and that shit don't go well. When you're heavy and you got asthma. So <laughs> I start having an asthma attack. And one of my brothers goes back and talks to the cop and was like, Oh, my sister's having an asthma attack. Can I go in there and get her inhaler? And it's fucking asshole. He's like, No, because we got this situation going. And I was like, Well, take him in the house with you, you know, in my head, because I can't talk because I'm gasping for air. <laughs> and we weren't able to get in touch with my mom. So, thankfully, my granny had, uh, her church was down the street at this time. She's had so many churches. Ugh. Anyways. So, they managed to get in touch with my granny. And my granny got in touch with my mom. And she freaked the fuck out. Because <laughs> she's somewhere getting high. And her children are at home. And, you know, it's like, Whatever. Like, we're sitting there, It's we're sitting outside, we're two blocks away from the house, and all of a sudden, she comes burling through this parking lot in this green, we called it the green machine, it was a van, <laughs> and she comes driving across there, and she's in tears, and she was like, oh, I'm never gonna be with him again, I'm sorry, I love y'all. And everything, after that, everything has got a lot better for us. A whole lot better. Not, not a whole, whole lot better, but at the very least, she wasn't on drugs anymore. Um, so, there's that. And that's when, that's when things with church started, like, to get really crazy. Because when she had got, uh, she started, when she had got clean before, and she had got her CNA license and stuff like that, she, she was really heavy in the church. So, back then, you know, when we were younger, me and my brothers, we didn't have anything because they would pawn everything for drug money. But this time, we didn't have anything because it was against we didn't have TVs or radios or anything like that in our house. So all we had was each other. <laughs> and it things were not good. <laughs> Cuz we weren't allowed to watch TV, weren't allowed to listen to secular music, and we sure as hell wasn't allowed to go anywhere. Like Jesus. So yeah. 
I think what kind of started setting me down the path of thinking that my family is full of shit, especially on the religious front, is when I went to school, I will never forget this shit. I was in seventh grade and it's fucking song. I don't know if it's Destiny's Child or Beyonce. Either way, it's, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. That fucking song. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. And I had a science project going. And all the girls, they never, they didn't like me. Oh my God. They were singing that song. And I was like, oh, what's that? It's like, you never heard it? Like, what? And... I felt so shunned and I was like, oh, well, I'm not allowed to listen to blues. This is what they call it, you know, blues. And it's not blues, it's pop. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not allowed to listen to that type of music. And because I felt so bad, I went home and I immediately, like the Christmas before, um, my brother's grand grandparents, they got me this TV radio situation thing. It was a small little thing. It was really popular back then. And I didn't use it because we weren't allowed to like watch TV or listen to music. That fucking day, I took that thing out the box and I went straight to freaking WGCI. <laughs> and it was on the fucking radio and I listened to that and I, and then that's when I really started to develop my taste for rock music because I would funnel through the, the channels and stuff but oh boy either way back to what I was talking about about my mom and the green machine after that she still struggled on and off with you know, drugs and stuff. And, but eventually, she just, it clicked for her. You're going to lose your children. We're not going to want to be around you if you don't fucking do something about your, your habit. And she did. To the best of her ability. And when she met her current husband, he was a, he was a, he was also a drug addict. But they eventually decided they didn't want to do drugs anymore. Like, I didn't even know. It's crazy because they, I didn't know. He was living in a small apartment not too far from where I live right now. And I had no idea. I was so, <laughs> I was, I was in my 20s, you know? So it was like, she really, she really hid it from me this time around. Because before, she couldn't. Like, we knew. We just knew. It was like, oh, you're taking a nap. This is what they used to say when uh, when we were children. And it was like, no. Like, crack has a very specific smell. It's metallic and stringent. Stringent? I don't know that damn word. Either way, it has a very specific smell. And uh, I smelled it on her when she came out of his apartment the whole uh, the whole reason I found out is because she was supposed to take me to the store somewhere and this is back when I was wholly dependent on her taking me places I know I was in my 20s but I was spoiled uh 
Uh, she was like, oh, well, he can only have one person in his apartment at a time. It was kind of like this weird halfway house situation. So I didn't think much of it. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So she goes in there and they're in there for like two or three hours. She comes back and I smell it. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? So I kept it to myself and then I talked to my brother about it. And we was like, you know what? She's an adult. She's grown. She can do whatever. And that's when an old PST, PTSD uh, thing cropped up again. Because when I was when I was growing up, I I just couldn't deal with her being behind closed doors. Because I was always scared. That's what she was doing. And I would freak out or I'd go in the bathroom with her or she'd use the bathroom with the door open. She'd sleep with her door open. And um, she still, because of that, she still uses the bathroom with the door open. And I'm in my 30s now, you know. So she still uses the bathroom with the door open. She still keeps her bedroom door open unless she's like having private time with her current husband. And I love her for that. She took into account, you know, my thoughts on it and everything. And she eventually came clean to me and all my brothers and was like, well, me and her current husband, we were, we've been doing drugs. We've been smoking crack. And we've made the decision to not do it anymore and I was like you know what okay so they were together for a little while and we saw that everything was going good and everything was going great so she gained uh and then she started getting grandchildren and she would tell me how happy she was or is that she's not on drugs anymore and she can buy my nieces and nephews almost whatever they want but she's <laughs> She's kind of a little bit of an Amazon hoarder because she just be buying shit off there. I shouldn't have showed her how to use it, but it's therapeutic for her. So, and it doesn't bother her husband because she used to go to Walmart and just splurge in there. So it'd be monthly splurging, but now it's like one or two little things off Amazon. At one point every day. <laughs> anyway. So, that, that's good. That's like, I love that she, she finally, you know, let it click. And she understands that that shit ain't cool. But yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I got something else to say about this whole situation with my mom and the drugs and the, the, but I'm cold as hell, and I really need to close my window. <laughs> so this is Olive Q, and I'm sounding off. Thank you for joining me on the Bottleneck Podcast. I'll talk at you guys later. <laughs>